Good. Let's try that again. Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Uh, one quick announcement this week, only one, and that announcement is um, my man PureLed Pipeline, they're doing this uh, midday mobility. And so if, uh, you know, if you're somebody who's on the IR or you're somebody who just needs to work on flexibility, uh, the guys in um, Seattle, but it's really guys across the country, catch up um, every afternoon, seven days a week, uh, 1500 Eastern, um, and get together and do some yoga, a little, uh, I would I'd kind of break it out like this, 30 minutes, 20 minutes of kind of yoga, mobility, stretching stuff, and maybe 10 minutes on some mindfulness, trying to get your mind right for the rest of the day. So uh, I told those guys, I joined them normally on Thursday afternoons, but I would told them that I would try and uh, get some more guys interested, so I want to make sure I get that announcement. Best way to catch those guys, and it's pure lead, P-U-R-E uh, lead. Um, in Puget Sound, you can catch him and Pipeline on the Nation Slack channel. So under virtual workouts, hashtag virtual workouts. Okay, well, let's just jump into today's topic. So um, everybody knows uh, I like rucking. This is going to be a rucking show. Now, if you're a runner or you're a competitive athlete, this is probably a podcast you want to uh, go ahead and, and stay plugged into. We're going to talk about a rucking event, but this is also a, it's a very competitive, very different uh, event than a normal ruck event where you're working as a team. The event we're talking about is pre-selection. And so think about uh, all the crazy stuff you do at a ruck event, except you're doing it as an individual. And there were some team stuff, but it's really very, very focused on, um, you know, on your individual performance and your time. There's a lot of uh, time hacks, that kind of stuff that you've got to, you know, you got to make through uh, each cycle of the training or the cycle of the event to get to the next level. And so we actually had an F3 guy complete the whole thing. And his name is Bambi, and he's joining us. So Bambi, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Well, first off, Steve Ben, thanks for having me on today. Um, I've been with F3 since December of 2020. Uh, petrol EH'd me, and that was after probably about a year of showing up to GORUCK events and having various F3 guys try to convince me to wake up way too early. Uh, but finally, petrol was the uh, packs who got me. Yeah, and special uh, Friday shout-out to petrol. And so... Uh, I guess this is, let's start with some of the easy basic stuff for, um, for the listeners and kind of, let's, you know, set the table a little bit. So you are a hardcore go rock guy, uh, and the, and you would see the F3 guys around a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where you're normally doing your go rock events and where you normally do F3. Tell us where you reside right now. Right now I'm in Houston, Texas. I post at the cage regularly. Uh, I try to do events wherever I can, but mostly in Texas. Uh, I am doing the HTB in New York City for 9-11, um, so that's coming up soon. Uh, and then I'll be back at a GORUCK selection in Bellbrook, Ohio in October. But for the most part, I, I just try to you know, find the tougher events, and I try to find uh, people to bring with me to them. Yeah, Roger that. And... Uh, so if you're listening at this point, we're going to tell you that F3 is going to be well represented at selection this year. Uh, we have a very uh, a very fit 
uh, group going this year, and so I fully expect there will be some F3 as completing selection this year. So uh, stay tuned on that. Hopefully we can get uh, hopefully get one of those guys in Ohio to be a correspondent uh, for F3 Nation and, uh, and get some broadcasting going for us. So, all right. We talked a little bit. I think what I should have you do right now is kind of uh, we're talking about selection and pre-selection. Why don't you just kind of um, set the table on what's pre-selection and what is selection and kind of describe those events because, um, you know, they used to be called a light, a tough, and a heavy, and those were the number of hours <laughs> the events were. But now they got some different names, but maybe you can kind of just help the listeners kind of get through because we're going to have a lot of guys who don't normally do go ruck stuff. So let's whatever you can do to help kind of set the table on what this event is, uh, and we'll start uh, – you know, why don't you start with the like whatever a light is now, and we'll work our way to the to selection. Certainly, yeah. So uh, most of the GORUCK events are team-based events, exactly what you see when you post at F3. You know, it's uh, it's something that's a, a team effort where everybody gets across the finish line at the same time, and you leave no man behind. So the first iteration, the most basic iteration, as I can say. Is called a basic now, or used to be called a light, and that's about four or five hours. Um, there's a, a fair amount of uh, coupons and PT, but it's generally something that has a hundred percent pass rate, so not too strenuous. Uh, from there, you have the Go Ruck Tough. The Go Ruck Tough used to be called the Go Ruck Challenge back when it was the only Go Ruck event, and this is where things start to get a little more interesting. So in a GORUCK Tough, it's about 10 to 12 hours. Uh, they're typically ran overnight. So people start to get a little bit out of their element when it's, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning and they're walking through a park with, uh, you know, a 50-pound ruck and a 60-pound sandbag on their back. Um, but but GORUCK Toughs, I'd say, are, are really where you start to see some, some challenge and some adversity come out. And then from there, if you're, you're interested in something a bit more challenging, there's a GORUCK Heavy. And a GORUCK Heavy is a full 24-hour event. Uh, so these are the, the team-based GORUCK events. But once a year or twice a year, GORUCK runs events called pre-selection and selection. Pre-selection is really just a training event for selection. Uh, Pre-selection is a 24-hour event where the cadre, the instructors, are actively trying to get candidates to quit. Uh, they want to make sure that everybody is hitting a standard of performance and anybody who can't hit that standard is dropped or encouraged to quit. So uh, pre-selection is what I went through recently. Um, and like I said, that 24-hour event is really just designed around a training opportunity for the full 48 hours. Okay. And now we're going to do a quick pause. And I'm going to do a special excerpt because Dred was on last week and we talked about GTE, formerly known as the Grow Ruck. Have you done any of those? I have, yeah. I did the uh, Grow Ruck in San Antonio this past April. That was a fantastic event. Uh, Dredd himself was there. He was actually the uh, cadre for our particular platoon. Uh, shout out to White Platoon, uh, the, the best platoon there was. 
Um, but yeah, that was a, a really good event, especially to see, you know, 150 packs show up in force and uh, take on a CSUP like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, so it, podcast listeners, here's a guy who's really good at doing GORUCK and he will be, he tells you that these, uh, these events put on by F3 are, are first class. So, all right, jumping back to pre-selection. So um, I'm trying to think, can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, as, a, as an athlete, um, and you're going to go into one of these kind of, so there's probably a lot of listeners who have done a heavy, like I've done a heavy, right? Um, we did one for Cobra Kai's 50th birthday. And the select, you know, so a heavy is 24 hours worth of training. Selection's another level of 24 hours. So can you talk, maybe just kind of walk the listeners through how you prepare yourself for 24 hours of pure chaos uh, is basically what you're walking into. So why don't you talk a little bit about your training and, and what you recommend to guys who are thinking about it? Yeah, so I would say, number one, uh, training just comes down to volume and consistency. And for something like a Tier 1 GORUCK event, uh, it just requires more volume and more consistency. Uh, with that, the more you can build up your training, the more resilient your body becomes, the more resilient your mind becomes. So I would say, um, just to give you a glimpse into what I do normally for training, uh, baseline mileage is about 40 rucking miles a week. I try to make sure that I'm, you know, below a 15-minute mile pace. I'm rucking with 65 pounds of plates. I'll do coupon rucks as well, uh, but I'll, I'll go a little bit slower, focus more just on distance and proper technique. Um, and then on top of that, I'll do uh, three beatdowns, three ruck and sandbag workouts, three lifts, a little bit of uh, stationary bike and stretching just to, to stay loose. But really, if you want to succeed at these events, it's just a time commitment. That, that's, that's all it is, time and consistency. Okay, and so I guess the listeners are probably going to, this is the point they probably want to ask me. How old, uh, how old are you? Like, I, I guess <laughs> this is the other thing that we would, because F3 guys are normally middle-aged, so we got to, I guess we need to start, I got to ask that question because guys are going guys, guys to be hitting me in the DMs going, why did you ask him how old he is? So tell us about that. <laughs> I'm uh, 31 years old um, and I've been uh, working out my whole life. So it, it certainly helps. Like I, I showed up to F3 in uh, pretty good shape. Um, F3 has definitely made me uh, a better athlete all around, um, but but definitely just you know consistently training every day in my life. I think since I was I don't know 14 or so that has uh, that has certainly helped. Roger that. Now um, this is one of the other things that listeners always want me to ask. Do you play any other sports? Did you do anything else uh, besides kind of these endurance events? Like, um, are you still doing other kinds of athletic uh, events or sports? Are you doing anything else? I was. So there are two sports that really gave me a foundation as an athlete. So growing up in high school and college, I was a rower, uh, as in crew, if you're not familiar with the sport. Um, it's a, a heavy endurance and cardio-based sport. Uh, contrary to popular belief, if you look at people on a rowing machine, it's mostly a lower body workout, not an upper body workout. Um, so if, if you ever 
you know, seeing me, I'm, I'm mostly legs and uh, not a whole lot of uh, upper body. But, but rowing really gave me, gave me a good uh, baseline for endurance and mental fortitude. After I graduated college, I tried to go on to row at the elite level, uh, but it didn't really pan out for me. You know, the, the Olympic cycle is every four years. There's not a whole lot of uh, opportunities to, uh, to uh, profit from rowing in between. Um, you know, e- even the Olympics, you're not going to get sponsors or anything. You're just going to work part-time to try to get by. Um, so I, I looked into uh, to other things to do. And that brought me to martial arts. So I did uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu primarily for eight years. I also started off doing um, some Muay Thai boxing and mixed martial arts as well, uh, but took a lot of time to focus on grappling. And that gave me uh, a more holistic approach towards athleticism than just rowing. Since rowing, you're doing the same thing over and over again until, you know, you pass out or die. Um, Jiu-jitsu is a bit more like, uh, you know, an athletic version of chess. So not just pure physicality. It requires some strategy to to be able to to defeat somebody else one-on-one. Yeah, and so I'm going to do some shout-outs here. So OBT, one of the co-founders of F3, Winklevoss, we could probably have a heck of a crew team in F3 if we ever put everybody together. <laughs> so uh, shout out to those guys. Obviously, that's a huge, um, you know, I, I think it's good for the listeners to understand you you did have a good base of fitness if you were doing crew. And then, uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm terrible at jujitsu. And I know, um, you know, Titan, we had all these guys who are doing uh, core wrestling. There's a big group in, in Charlotte right now. But we have tons of jujitsu guys across uh, the country. Um, and now, what, what belt are you in jiu-jitsu? Because I think um, this is probably also help guys understand where you're at. Um, with your, so you're doing, you've been doing it for eight years? Yeah, I took a break because of COVID. Um, but when I left, I was a brown belt, and I was competing at middleweight. So if you're familiar okay. with IBJJF, yeah. it's uh, 181 yeah. pounds. So that's, that gives you a rough idea of my experience and, and size. Yeah, and so... Um, I am going to also tell you guys if um, this is just free advice from uh, the podcast uh, crew. Uh, brown belts at 180 pounds mean um, you are going to get everything you can possibly bargain for because they're normally good enough. They can fight on their backs. Uh, they can fight if they get on top of you. It's it's no it's no good. And at 180 pounds, he's strong enough. You can't out muscle him. Or you can't you can't get away from him because he can just hold you. So it's really great to spend time. And I totally get the COVID thing. Because I also took a, I haven't been wrestling since COVID. Because I, I'm, I'm still at that point. I don't want anybody breathing on me. So, fair enough. Well, that was good. Let's yeah, talk about I would it. happily go back to jujitsu right now, um, but my wife won't let me because she says if I get hurt training for selection, uh, you know, drilling with someone or doing something stupid in jujitsu, that I'm a dumbass and I deserve it. So. <laughs> I'm taking a sideline to uh, BJJ for now until after uh, October. And we're just going to do a special Friday shout out to her because that is solid advice. Don't, don't be a dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. She's a lot more uh, intelligent when I am, when it comes to, you know, making these uh, life decisions. I love it. Well, let's, um, uh, thanks for kind of setting the table. So let's, let's talk about the event. 
So uh, I was training actually in, in with uh, F3 in Jacksonville. I met one of the guys. I think maybe he was six. I can't remember what number he was. Um, but let's let's talk through the event. Walk 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 the listeners through your event. Kind of the highs, the lows, the what you want to share after spending 24 hours in in chaos. Yeah. So the event starts off uh, like you really see online, like you've seen from all the videos. There's an admin phase. Uh, if you're familiar with the founder of GoRuck, Jason, he showed up uh, just for the admin phase at first, uh, just to ridicule people. And um, the hardest part at that point was, you know, not cracking up and laughing at everything he said, because it was honestly just hilarious. But from there, uh, typical stuff. So the first thing you do is a gear inspection. Um, this year for pre-selection and selection, they were nice to us and they allowed us to bring a kit bag with spare gear. So previously, they tried to cram all of the packing list into just your ruck. Well, now we have a little extra room, but we also have a big, bigger packing list, like, you know, there are six socks or whatever and five pairs of pants and ridiculous stuff like that. So you dump all this out, you hold one item up at a time to show the cadre you have it. You know, you, you get chewed out if you don't have an item or you do something stupid like you show up without water in your water bladder. Uh, never do that. I, I know some people, and they know who they are, try to show up to go rock events with partially filled water bladders and empty Nalgene's. It doesn't always fly. You know, sometimes you can get away with it. Definitely not at pre-selection or selection. So the um, the first thing you do after the uh, the gear inspection, pack all your stuff back up. You make the time hack, go off to the side. Eventually, everybody gets it, and you go right into the PT test. And the PT test is really just a prerequisite that needs to occur before the event can officially begin. So it's a uh, a two-minute push-up. Uh, two-minute sit-up, and then a 12-mile rock. So nothing especially challenging. I think that the standards for push-ups are uh, 55, for sit-ups, 65, and for the rock, it's a three-and-a-half-hour uh, rock, so a, a 17-and-a-half-minute mile pace. Uh, and then once that's all done, um, you go into what's called the welcome party, and that's where you get all the good highlight reel clips from these sort of events. Uh, they, they took us down to the beach, and we stayed on that beach for the entire event, basically. So you can imagine that the entire event, we're covered with sand and we're wet, um, just to set the stage. And, and at a certain point, when the sun came back up, uh, jumping in the ocean was necessary because it, it got pretty hot down there. So welcome party starts. Uh, they're, they're throwing us in the ocean. We have these um, two giant sandbag logs that I saw a bunch of people online asking about how they could purchase them. Uh, you don't want to purchase them. They're awful. Just, just don't do it. Uh, so we had to you know, carry those down to the beach. Of course, 40 minutes into the welcome party, uh, six people, the six other candidates, drop out. They either get med dropped or uh, they voluntarily withdraw. So me and, uh, and candidate 08, uh, Ronald, um, we're left 
having to deal with all of their leftover sandbags, plus these two giant 220-pound sandbags. Uh, so, you know, we had to play with those for a little bit. Thankfully, they went away. Uh, they made an appearance again at the end. But that initial welcome party is, uh, is, is probably some of the most brutal PT that I've ever done. You know, think about doing lunges in the ocean with a ruck and a sandbag, holding a down position while the waves push you around, that sort of thing. So after getting through all of that, the cadence calms down a little bit, but the level of work never really lets off. You know, we were, we were doing something all night. You know, we were, we were throwing a sandbag for a mile or uh, we we're doing, you know, 200 uh, over-the-shoulder throws, just, you know, ridiculously long stuff. Um, we went through a, a bunch of different evolutions. There's a couple cadre shift changes. Uh, the last workout we did before our movement back to HQ was the Chad 1000. Uh, they modified it a little bit because they, they wanted to give us something special. Rather than just doing a thousand step ups with a ruck, they gave us sandbags too. And they were only 60 pound sandbags, um, but we had about 70 pounds shoved into it. Like if, if you're familiar with the GORUCK sandbags, there should be a little bit of give. These were just hard logs. And then we got them wet. So they were probably more like 80 pounds or so. Uh, I don't even know how long it took us to do the, the, the Chad 1000. Um, it, was, it was ridiculous and it was, it was hot as anything at that point. Uh, but I, I knew uh, from that point forward, we were getting close to doing something else, moving out, and I, I was going to make it at that point. As, as long as nothing catastrophic happened, I was going to make it. Um, granted, I was pretty dehydrated. Uh, I did my best to get ahead of it uh, before the event, but I was still cramping up. Like if I sat up too fast or, um, you know, I moved too quickly, I, I would get a, a ton of cramps. So we finished the Chad. We did a, a movement um, with the sandbags down the beach and then back up through the streets. We show up at HQ, and uh, then we start with what's called the shark attack. So this is basically the welcome party again at the very end of the event to try to break people mentally. And that's when they, they get the hose out, they start spraying you in the face, they start spraying water up your nose, uh, that sort of thing. All while, you know, you're trying to do overhead lunges with a rock. Or, you know, they brought those, those giant 220-pound sandbags out again, and we had to, to farmers carry those and run with those and a uh, whole bunch of stuff. And really at that point, I would say, I was 100% physically and mentally engaged in what was going on, but just the pure chaos of the situation can lead to confusion. You know, it, it, it doesn't really reflect it in some of the live streams, but just getting, you know, water sprayed in your face while you're getting yelled at from multiple people, sometimes the directions aren't quite as clear as you would uh, hope they would be. But it, uh, eventually, uh, you know, we, we both got through it and, um, we got patched and uh, I made it through without uh, 
any serious injuries. So that's really uh, all I could have hoped for. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let's take a breath there. So the, the listeners are kind of going through that. Um, so basically, hardest event you've ever done in your life uh, sounds like, and then absolutely. Um, and and for guys who are in the military, you know these these are all special forces guys. They're all trying hard to break in. So when he's talking about shark attack, uh, if you're not familiar with what this means, is normally. Um, Drill instructors, uh, drill sergeants, when they get some, when they even, when they can sense the weakness, it's like a shark attack. Like there's blood in the water. They, if, what they want to do is they want somebody just to show just a fraction of weakness, and so they can all just exploit it. And they're all just going to sit there and pick them out one spot uh, until they break people. And that's normally how um, that's the way selection works. I, you know, I. I that's why there's a lot of guys who aren't special forces guys, and I will go ahead and joke that say they, you know, if they're that tough, they should have joined the Marine Corps. But the, uh, you know, part of what this, you know, these, the selection process does is it basically weeds guys out or, or ladies out because ladies are going through it now too. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of you for getting through it, and I, um, you know, I, I love the fact that you're willing to admit it's the hardest workout you ever did. So, I, uh, the Chad 1000 modified is terrible. That sandbag train is terrible. The pure fact that they washed um, they washed everybody out with the welcome party is pretty crazy too. Well, except the two of you, that they washed everybody else out is pretty impressive. That they broke everybody's spirit during the welcome party shows that you know how crazy it really is. So, I don't know. You take it back. What did, what else you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I just want to say too, like the the welcome party. Um, it, it always does that. You know, if you, if you look at any of the AARs from previous Goruk events they always try to knock out the majority of the class then. And then you see in the full selection by the 24 hour mark, there, there's, you know, rarely more than one or two people left. Um, the last full selection they ran in 2019, I believe they had about five people left of the 24 hour mark, which was just incredible. But um, yeah, the other, the other tough thing was uh, we had a pretty small class size. We only had eight people. Um, you know, they were actually talking about canceling the event, and I, I'm really glad they didn't because I, I really appreciate GORUCK for running it and, and giving me a great training opportunity. But as soon as you eliminate those other six, you know, it's just, just, just me and 08 the whole night. So it, it was good to have someone else around. Um, but at the same time, it's like you, you really can't hide anywhere. You can't gray man it. Yeah, I was going to say, when it's you and one other guy, it's not like when he gets in front of you, you can say, uh, I'll just, I'll fade back. It's you and one other guy. I mean, it's, you know, there's no other, I mean, that's, it's great competition at that point. You know, some of the selection years where there's only one guy, and I think that's terrible if you're by yourself, but it's also terrible there's just one other guy. Uh, we did have the, you know, we had the team guys, because uh, that was finger looking good in Winnebago, won the team um event a couple of years ago but they basically um they were you know they ran it like a team like what somebody was good at they would they would pick up for the other one and so this is so different than a, a selection or pre-selection when you're by yourself and it's really everything you got so i love it so you're firing me up so <laughs> i'm glad let's, let's yeah let's let's talk a little bit about 
um, coming off of pre-selection, you know, great to hear no injuries or anything like that. Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about how you're going to ramp up your training for selection without trying to, you know, without hurting yourself. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Um, really what I'm going to try to do is uh, train for the environment that I anticipate. So I specifically did a lot of training for Jack's Beach. I, I trained down here in Texas on the beaches. I trained in water. I trained in heat. Um, obviously not hard to, uh, to simulate heat down here in Houston. But for Ohio, it's going to be a bit colder, so I'm going to try to uh, induce more cold training, cold showers, cold baths, uh, try to take some trips up north and, you know, work out in colder temperatures. And then the other thing that people always uh, see in Ohio is that giant hill that they have for workouts. So fortunately, uh, coming up for the 9-11 HTB, we're focused on a lot of stair training. So that starts to translate a little bit to hill running, but um, I, I will be doing a bit of traveling around just to make sure I'm getting a, a lot of hill and elevation work in. So at this point, it's just it, it's slowly adding to what I'm already doing. Um, I find that if I try to change too much stuff too drastically with my training, that's when I can start to risk injury. Um, but if I'm methodical about what I'm doing and I know that I have days where I'm going longer and lighter or days that are shorter but higher intensity, I can always uh, read my body pretty well so that I, I don't burn out and I don't hurt myself because in the long run, like I said before, it's all about consistency and you can't be consistent when you're hurt. Granted, you know, you're going to get dinged up a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie, I, I go into everything with a little bit of pre-existing injury. Um, but it's manageable. Yeah, Roger that. And then um, I was going to tell you, if you just need some stairs, you know, we're going to do this mothership thing here in Charlotte next weekend. You could just show up <laughs> for that. I mean, I did that on I did that on Wednesday, and it was terrible. And they've got this nice spiral dizzy. It's just as terrible as we used to do boot camps on it. It hasn't gotten any better. So, um, I you know, we're kind of getting into the part of the show. I, I, I want to make sure um, – you know, I give you enough space and then kind of, you know, I'll give you some uh, time to kind of think about any closing words you want to do. If you want to drop an email address or a social media handle, anything like that. But why don't you leave the, uh, if somebody's on the fence with these kind of events, why don't you give them some encouragement there also. But I'll kind of let you uh, summarize anything else you want to say and um, get out to the guys. Yeah, I, I would say at first, I was on the fence about something like this. Uh, I had to work my way up to pre-selection. Um, you know, I, I only started Go Ruck in 2019. I started off, you know, as easy as you can do it with a light. And then I did a tough. And then I did a tough light and then a couple more. Um, and then, unfortunately, we got into the whole time period of COVID, and I, I couldn't find heavy or HTLs it was at the time. So... I only did my first HTB back in February, and, and this is my first, uh, you know, harder uh, tier one, as people call it, GORUCK event. So I would just say, you know, if anybody's thinking about doing something like this, find a, a, a challenge that is 
just hard enough that you, you probably have like a 50% chance of completing it and then go out and try it. And then if you fail, figure out what you did wrong, but just, just find something that's tough every once in a while that you're not quite sure if you're going to finish and, and go after it. Um, because really it's just, it's just about building up that mental fortitude over time. You know, and if you don't, if you don't take the time to build it up, and you just go into it and, and you and you hope for a good outcome, it's never going to end well. So I would just say take your time, be consistent, but then every once in a while push yourself and take a risk. Roger that. You want to share an email address? or I know we're, you're probably going to spark a lot of guys uh, thinking, so you want to drop an email address or anything like that if they want to reach out to you personally? Uh, yeah, should I do that um, now, or is that something that goes in the uh, show notes after? Well, I'll, I'll double down. You can you can say it now because some guys just like to – they don't even like to read my show notes. I, I have some beautiful show notes, but they don't <laughs> ever read them. But if you, uh, if you want to just scream it out, you can, uh, you can do that, and we'll make sure we drop in the show notes also. Yeah, so my uh, email address is uh, bperry138 at gmail.com. Uh, I don't do any social media, really. I mean, I have a Facebook account, so if you find me and you message me, I'll try to answer your question best I can, but I don't do, like, Twitter or Instagram or anything. I'm, I'm kind of awful at that stuff. Well, and it's also because you're training all the time. You don't have time <laughs> for that junk. You're training. We're not wasting no, time. No, I'm, I'm just We're lazy. Training. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What else? Anything else you want to share with the guys? Uh, I can't think of anything. Oh, um, only other thing that I want to mention is uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our, our PACs, Kamo, uh, passed away from uh, COVID um, in Houston. And uh, I know that a, a couple of guys in our region, um, like Trojan and Vibram, have been trying to raise some money. So if you go on Ruck Mall right now, or you go on the F3 Facebook page for rucking. Uh, we're doing a sandbag raffle, amongst other things, to help uh, raise money for his family. So please take a look at that. Roger that. And this was a was this a friend, this guy you trained with? I actually only met him once in my pre-F3 days, uh, but. There's a, a picture of him at a uh, Moog Mile event uh, carrying me, his ruck, my ruck, and a sandbag. So uh, the guy was a beast. That's awesome. Awesome. We'll be praying for his family. Brother, it was Absolutely. so nice talking to you. So nice talking to yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for having me and on, I, uh, Ben. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and, yeah, and I am. Um, like I told you, we're going to have some solid. We're going to have a solid crew at selection this year. We're going to have to get somebody in in Ohio to to cover it because F three is going to be well represented. I love seeing. Um, you know, this is that that bigger thing that um, that we talk about sometimes. I love seeing F three guys starting to do really really well in these events because, um, not that it validates us, but it shows our group's fitness level is is ever increasing, right? And I, and I think that's what we've all been after for the last 10 years is we just want to be the kind of group that, you know, 
we want to be the kind of athletes that when we show up, you know, and I, everybody who does go ruck events knows when we show up, we normally carry the weight and we don't turn away from weight, right? We we don't go gray man on anybody. We just pick it up and carry it. So hopefully uh, as we continue to get guys doing better and better uh, in these events, well, hopefully we'll, it'll equate to some um, emotional headlocks and getting more F&Gs out. So very, very excited. Brother, it was wonderful talking to you. Uh, for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. Thanks, C-SPAN. Take care.